This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy on. He's an FBI uh, whistleblower. His name is Kyle Serafin. He's out there telling the truth about what was happening while he was in the organization. Kyle, first of all, nice to meet you. Uh, good to have you on today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Joe. I do appreciate it. I told you a little while ago I saw a part of your speech from uh, from Turning Point USA. Very, very good. Really, really direct and to the point. Um, you guys, when you sign up for the FBI, and how does that even work? Were you a cop first and then you moved your way up? Did you go right to, to the FBI? How does that work anyway? No, my life was kind of a messy story. I started off in corporate sales. Uh, I ended up running a restaurant in Kansas City. Uh, I went and I was a financial analyst at Warner Brothers Movie Studios for about a year and a half. And I uh, felt like I wasn't doing the right thing with my life, that I had some skills that I could apply to something that would matter. So I, um, I left everything and I enlisted in the military. I went into the Air Force at the age of 27. And I did that for uh, just shy of like three and a half years, something like that. I left just a little bit early for my four-year enlistment. And uh, I became a paramedic, and I did that for a little bit, too. And when I got out of the Air Force, I signed up to, to see if the FBI would take me. It's kind of a convoluted process. takes about two years and change. So I ended up going and, and swearing in at Quantico in the summer of 2016. Um, at the, uh, about 35 years old, I was almost 36 at the time. Wow. Uh, again, it's Kyle Serafin. K-Y-L-E is his first name. Last name is S-E-R-A-P-H-I-N. Go and follow him everywhere. It's Kyle Serafin together on Twitter, on Truth, on YouTube, all over the place on Rumble. So go and find him there. Uh, you, you said swearing in, and that's what I wanted to go to. You literally yep. swear to uphold what the Constitution says. And the Constitution is a, a document that doesn't outline our rights. It's a document that tells the government what it can't do. Our rights are given by the creator. And you agreed to that, and you did that. Yes. And then you, yeah, found, the it, and then you found out that the FBI d- doesn't really believe in that. That's true. Yeah, so, I mean, the Constitution is a leash for the federal government. Yes. That's what it is. It's a, it's a set of restrictions. It tells them exactly where they can go. It should be a leash and a collar. And... When when you swear, you know, you, you swear to uphold the God-given rights that people have, protect the government from infringing upon those, and protect everyone else from infringing upon those people as well. That's what the enforcement end of law enforcement is. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's not a hard decision, um, but, uh, you know, it, it can cause difficulties if your agency is deciding to go in a way that doesn't make any sense. Right. And when, you, when did you sign up? What year was it? So I originally swore in uh, in 2006 into okay. the delayed entry program to be enlisted. 20, uh, 2007, I went into the Air Force, uh, active duty, and then I, I went into the, the uh, FBI in 2016. So that was like the fourth time I swore in. I think you do it a couple times when you're in the Air Force, uh, when you're active duty. So, you know, I, I swore in and, and it's, you know, protect and defend and uphold the Constitution. And that includes all the Bill of Rights, which I think are really important. And if we're not following the letter of the law, if we're not doing the spirit of what we're intended to do, then uh, then you're moving into a very dangerous ground. You're violating the oath that you swore. And I don't, I'm not party to that. Uh, by the way, my father was Air Force, so I've got a great affinity for the Air Force, so I appreciate your service there. When you sure. when you swear in, uh, you don't realize that the government doesn't intend for you to actually uphold all of that because there's a part of the Constitution that you swear, and, and you're going to protect um, uh, the Constitution and our rights 
from all enemies, foreign and domestic. They really don't right. mean domestic, do they? They they decide who the domestic terrorists are and who the domestic bad guys are. And if you're working for the domestic bad guys that are stu- that, that are trampling on the Constitution, I guess they want you to ignore that. Well, um, you know, I'm, I'm friends with a guy you had on previously. I believe you had Steve Friend on, had on last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve and I have this kind of uh, this this belief that some people swear allegiance to the FBI when they go into the FBI. Um, I, I didn't agree to that. That's not the terms of my service. Um, but a lot of people defend the agency over the Constitution. That is an expectation that some people have. And um, the people that believe that the agency is right above all else, they're really creating a, a really dangerous scenario yeah. where, you know, that, that's a lawless scenario because we have to believe in principles. We didn't swear to a regime. I didn't swear to a president. I didn't swear to a director or any attorney general. They can come and go. The oath is, is eternal in a lot of ways. And, and one of the famous things people always say is like, you know, the oath doesn't expire until you do. So it doesn't even matter if I'm working that job. Like, I believe that's my responsibility um, as a citizen and, and as a father and as a husband, like well after I'm going to be an agent, which is probably not going to happen anymore. But right. it's a possibility they have to bring me back in some circumstance. Um, it's it's pretty straightforward, you know, once you look at it that way. He's an FBI whistleblower, Kyle Serafin. Go follow him everywhere by his first and last name put together. There's a piece of video on your Twitter that I watched a little while ago that when you when you join the FBI, you've got to go to the Holocaust Museum. Is that something that they do for everybody? Everybody's got to go? Yeah, I don't know how long it's been going on, but it's been going on for at least a decade, maybe two decades, something like that. Uh, it's gone back a pretty good ways. Tell people the purpose, if you don't mind, because it really does go to what's the most important thing, what it is that you're protecting, what it is that you're being aware of that's around you. If you don't mind, tell people why they, they send you there. Sure. I, I thought it was one of the most impactful days of my professional life. I'm about to turn uh, 41 years old this week. So, you know, I've, I've had some professional life experience and you know, more than anything I did in the military, more than anything I've done in, in the civilian world, going to the, uh, the Holocaust Museum, they teach you essentially what went wrong in Nazi Germany that allowed that to continue. And so the only way that you get the Holocaust is by having uh, local officials that you have federal, state and uh, local law enforcement, you know, sign up with the program, minor federal officials in the area, you know, state officials going and rounding up the Jews. They all had to say yes because it needed a huge machine in order to enact that that injustice that happened. Right, right. Without having that sign-off, you know, the people that had the guns and the badges and the, and the authority to go do so, then you couldn't have a Holocaust. So they're really teaching you why the regular population of 1930s Germany was the issue. You know, it's not like, the, the, we didn't start at death camps, right? We started right. off by identifying and othering is what they would call it in the kind of the, um, you know, the, the uh, social worker type world, you know, creating a, an us and a them. Yes. And when they started doing that, like that's how you go and you get rid of your neighbor that someone ends up killing off your neighbor. Uh, we wouldn't start right with that. We have to start with, you know, making them wear a badge and show who they are, that they're different. And so that was very impactful for me. And, uh, you know, when the COVID sort of tyranny, which I'm kind of calling it, you know, started being enacted, I'm not saying that people who were discriminated against by the federal government were like the Jews in the Holocaust. I'm saying that the people who said yes to all that tyranny were like the Nazis. And that's a very specific you know, differential. Uh, and I still believe that. And the point you make, Kyle, is that had anybody stood up for what was right, Nazi Germany may ne- never have happened. Well, Nazi Germany happened, but the Holocaust may never have happened. Uh, the, the attempt right. to take over the entirety of Europe and then eventually Asia would never have happened in the mind of, of Hitler. Somebody, but somebody could have stepped up and stopped them. Now, if it's one person, they might kill that person and get them out of the way. But if it's a group of people who say, wait a second, this is inherently wrong, they really could have stopped it and history would have been different. That's really your point. 
It is. And you know what? America has shown that we don't have any better ability to resist this sort of thing than anybody else. Um, we're seeing it over and over again. So many people think the same way that I do. I had a supervisor tell me, look, I'd love to stand with you. And I, I think what, you know, what they're doing to you is wrong. And yet I've got alimony. I've got a mortgage. I've got people I got to support. So I got to keep doing this. You know, I have no problem with anybody going to get shots that, that they think protect them against COVID. I, I would disagree with them. I've got 10 years as a paramedic that says that that doesn't seem to be the definition of vaccines that I believed in, right. that I was taught about. Um, you know, I, I took a lot of classes in microbiology and anatomy, physiology, you name it. But um, if you're going to go get that, so be it. But if you're going to tell me that I have to get it, then I disagree with you vehemently. Right. And I think the clearest example of America not willing to stand up, it, it happened not long ago in North Carolina. Uh, the guy's name escapes me, but he stood up in a federal courthouse and said, I'm not going to wear a mask. It wasn't a federal, sorry, it was a state courthouse. Yeah. And, uh, and nobody else stood up with the man. And he went to jail by himself. If 100 jurors in that, in that jury pool said, I'm not going to wear a mask, it's illogical and it's unethical for him to make him do it, that guy doesn't go to jail. I think the judge says, like, maybe I'm mistaken. So it's when you have single standups, they can they can get one of them, but they can't get all of us. We all have to stand up at the same time. Yeah, exactly right. It's Kyle Serafin. Go follow him everywhere. The last name is S-E-R-A-P-H-I-N. He's an FBI whistleblower. Uh, you couldn't be more correct. I'm not vaccinated because, A, they're not a vaccine. Uh, B, right. uh, somebody told me to do what I would laugh at them because I've interviewed Dr. Malone, who invented the technology. I've interviewed Peter McCullough. I've interviewed Dr. Urso. I've interviewed Tom Renz, the lawyer who's out there fighting all these fights. And we know that mRNA is not something that we should be playing around with. We also know that people are dropping dead because it causes blood clots. Now they're actually admitting that the Pfizer shot does, in fact, have some blood clotting. Myocarditis is involved. Why would I ever take that? I'm 56, I've had COVID twice, and I've laughed it off because I took ivermectin. So at the end of the day, when you're trying to force somebody to do something, this really is a mass formation psychology or psychosis that's being forced upon us, which is exactly what happened in Nazi Germany, which is exactly how people live in China today or North Korea today. How close are we to becoming that? Are you? Do you fear that we're becoming that or... Are there really 50% of us like you and me who are standing up and bringing the truth? I, I think 50% of the people uh, think they they believe in the same sort of things that I do. But right. I'm not 100% confident that everybody is willing to sign up and take on the personal discomfort. So right. that's kind of the, that was the purpose of the speech that I gave when I was at Turning Point. You know, um, everybody's got two options. And my buddy always says you can prepare or you can repair. He talks about physical fitness, your health, right. whatever you want to name it. Let's get your car, right? Prepare or repair. You got two choices. And uh, in the case of looking at our Constitution, I think you have that same choice. You can prepare to defend it. You can decide that what your line is right now, today, before anyone puts you to a decision for all those chips. Or you can try to backpedal and figure out where your line is after you've already crossed the line you shouldn't have stopped at. We're at the last hill in a lot of ways. That's my belief. Yeah. Um, that's, the, that's the line that I drew for my children and, and for my wife and for my family. And so I encourage people to look, decide that they are done. They're done compromising. You cannot comply your way out of tyranny in any way, shape, or form. And when you make that decision in advance, it's way easier to enact that decision when you're put to the decision. If you haven't already decided, you got to do it now. Like, today is the day. Figure it out. Figure out your line. This I will not cross. And then do not cross it you, under any circumstances. You cannot, and and it, may be, it may be painful. You cannot comply your way out of tyranny. That might be the best line I've heard this month. And it's a very good one. If you really break that down, it's so true. The more you agree, the more they control you. You're not agreeing right. of, of your own free will. You're agreeing because of the false information that you've been given. It's Kyle Serafin. He's a, an FBI whistleblower. Follow him on all the social media. Follow his Rumble. Follow his YouTube. You do have a YouTube as well as Rumble, right? Yes, sir, I do. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the FBI. I always thought it stood for the Federal Bureau of Investigation. At what point did the FBI become some sort of a covert intelligence agency? 
Um, after 9-11, it's pretty concrete. The uh, the answer that the FBI took what I would say is the wrong lesson. But I it never it was, was right? Of- Kyle, before that, it never was. It was just that you investigate crime. <laughs> It was always there. There was always a small group of people. I mean, if you look, the FBI's got sins in every decade, if we're going to be really honest about it. Okay, they were going after communists in the 30s and the 40s. It was a red scare. There was a you know a push against the civil rights leaders in the 50s and the 60s, right. uh, the Corn Intel Pro stuff. There's a lot of sins that exist in the FBI, if we are being true about what it is. But I think it was the, – the reason it got away with it is because it was – ideologically aligned with a majority of Americans. And so they were able to kind of uh, whitewash that and make it feel like it was pro-America, even if it was anti-Constitution. So I've got issues with the way they did a lot of that. But becoming a truly intelligence agency first is a 9-11 phenomenon, post 9-11. Director Mueller and George Bush apparently had a summit at uh, Camp David and they came up with its decision. So if you look in the DIOG, that's the Domestic Investigations Operations Guide, that's the Bible of how you do your job as an FBI agent and and an employee. Um, they list the FBI as an intelligence agency first. Wow. And so if you're not aware of that, if that's not that they're an intelligence agency with a law enforcement capability, that's incredibly dangerous. Yeah. And um, and it leads you to the sort of secret police Stasi thing that people are always implicating. It only happens when they have that intelligence agency capability. Both they've got the tools and they have ways to open up cases like I can open a case on you, Joe. I can open a case on me easily. I'm an easy problem. Right. Um, there's just a certain number of criteria that they have to be met, and they can open a full intelligence investigation, which unlocks national security resources. There has to be zero. There's no requirement for, for allegation or information that a federal crime has happened in order to open a case on somebody. They could open you up as a potential victim um, of, of you know, some intelligence agency working against you. And by doing that, they can open up all the tools. They can get your bank records. They can use what are called national security level letters their nsls and they can those are just secret subpoenas that they, they that signed off on internally by the fbi like the sac of an office the top guy or girl can literally sign their name and get your phone records your you know who you're spending your money with all this kind of stuff wow. and that's that's an intelligence agency but they also have a criminal prosecution ability and when you have those two sort of sides of the coin and they can they can pass information once you know something you can't unknow it Right. It's stunning. Well, let me let me just throw this out there. There are supposed to be boundaries. There were supposed to be and there was supposed to be oversight. And it turns out there's very little oversight when the Democrats run things. Do you hope that the Republicans will do some oversight? Will they sit you down and Steve Friend down and have you testify in open court and let all of us see or an open hearing, not really court, but open hearing in front of Congress and let us see exactly what it is that that you're blowing the whistle about? Will, Will something happen? Or or not, Kyle? Do you think that we're taking the right steps, at least getting the house back? Um, that's obviously a good step. I'm, um, I'll say, hopeful, yeah. but I'm not necessarily. But I'm also a realist. I know that uh, historically, that's not been the case. That we don't often do things, and, and and I say we as people who love liberty, who are, you know, I'm not a, a Republican explicitly. I'm I'm a libertarian type. I, I just love American freedom. Right. I'm down with anybody, whatever position they want. I, I always tell people I'm kind of like politically a 20 guy, a nice regular guy from 20 years ago, right in the middle. <laughs> right. Um, now I'm on the left. I mean, now I'm on the right because the, the Overton with, with shifted so dramatically. Exactly right. But uh, essentially, you know, I, I talked to uh, uh, Representative Thomas Massey the other day on a Twitter spaces in front of like a lot of people. Nice. And, uh, and I gave him some ideas and encouragement that I think that the right move is that they need to make sure that the FBI director does not leave without answering questions. That when he says it's our policy not to talk. Um, that doesn't matter because it's his policy. Like, like he's the director. He can change that with a stroke of a pen. Right. They really need to put their feet to the fire. 
My worry is that they get distracted by shiny objects like the Hunter Biden laptop, that they decide to go after the easy, low-hanging fruit of you know corruption within the Biden administration, even if they were to, say, remove Joe Biden from office. And I'm not sure that's a great idea one way or another at this point, yeah. because we end up with a vice president that has the same ideology, possibly worse. Right. Um, they're going to be able to appoint a new vice president. So where do we get from there? Nothing. But in the meantime, me and my family are still without work. Um, we're still without a paycheck. I was suspended in June. On June 1st, I stopped getting a paycheck. So, um, and you know, and Steve Friend has been a little bit behind me on that curve. There's, a, there's several others that people's names are not public, but they have had the same treatment. Um, there was recently a, a, a judicial washed. They, uh, they talked about a guy that was fired for conspiratorial views, which is nonsense. Um, you know, you have a First Amendment right, even when you're an FBI agent or yes. an employee, to have certain views. Um, you don't have to express them at work. But like saying that you think that January 6th wasn't an insurrection, that should be totally legal as a, like reasonable people can disagree about what the fact pattern means. And if we can't have that disagreement, then we're looking at totalitarianism. And it's really dangerous. Not having a paycheck since June, um, uh, it, it means to me that you were ready to take some pain for blowing the whistle and telling the truth about the FBI. But uh, I'm guessing you didn't think that it would last this long. A- and you do want to hear something from Jim Jordan and Matt Gates and, and McCarthy, if he becomes the speaker, that we're going to take this up, we're going to make it public, and we're going to make sure that, that you're vindicated for just telling the American people the truth. Are you getting any, any indication from any of them individually or not? Um, I was told by a friend of mine in, in my congresswoman's office, who's outgoing right now, that uh, we were too politically hot to touch. Wow. Um, if that's the case, then this this country is lost in a lot of ways, and they're not going to get another whistleblower out of my agency for a long time. So, you know, it's very easy. And I've made this, I, I actually talked to James O'Keefe at Project Veritas right. for a long time about, you know, the, the push is very straightforward. What, what the guys need to do on the Judiciary Committee is write that letter saying that they expect every single whistleblower, they can name us all, it doesn't matter, the FBI already knows who we are that they need to be reinstated with pay, back pay, and uh, and paid. And, and I'm not confident that I'll continue to work for that agency. They stabbed me right in the back, and I'd right. be waiting for the next shoe. But they need to pay us for what we did, for showing up. They need to basically obey and let us resign if that's our choice. And if people want to keep working, they need to stay. And they need to be protected from retaliation. It needs to be put in writing. And then they need to follow through on it. They can put that letter out on, on January 3rd when they take the gavel. And uh, it may take them a, a couple of weeks to, to organize and do the hearings. So be it. But uh, then they need to follow through if the FBI doesn't want to do the right thing. And there's a decent chance they won't because the FBI likes to they like to moonlight as a, you know the thing that they are. But th- they're not really interested in uh, protecting the American people in a lot of ways. And don't, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of agents that do. Yeah. There are lots of really good people that I know. But they're not the majority of the people making policy at this point. So the FBI protects the FBI. That's what it does. Well, we're going to, hopefully we can help uh, uh, put some feet to the fire as well. We've got representatives on here all the time. They want to come back. I want you to come back if you don't mind. We barely scratched the surface and we burned through all the time. Uh, Will you come back, Kyle? Absolutely. Yeah. You tell me when. It's Kyle Serafin. Go and follow him on all the social media. Get his YouTube, get his Rumble, get all of that. Uh, FBI whistleblower. And we're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
Gave you a good long interview with Kyle Serafin. Again, he is an FBI whistleblower. Go follow him on all the social media sites. Another big hour coming your way. Do not touch that dial. Joe Pack is coming back. This is the Joe Pack Show.